From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, it's my great pleasure to have as my guest, retired Rear Admiral Gary E. Hall, joining us from Braunfels, Texas. Admiral Hall, welcome. Hey, thank you very much, Taylor. Real pleasure to be here today. And it's a pleasure to have you, sir. We're talking about your new book, Navigating Leadership, Making a Pact with Excellence. Now yes, available, thank you. Now available on Amazon. And uh, Admiral Hall, you had a very distinguished career in the United States Navy, more than 20 years. Um, during that time, you uh, 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 were, were involved in, in leading change, strategic planning, building coalitions, operations, program development, and command and control. Uh, you served as commander of the Expeditionary Strike Group Number 2, leading 27 ships and 16,000 sailors and marines, uh, uh, including developing the transition plan for administrative staff into a deployable command unit and you delivered enhanced deployable capabilities at lower cost to the 5th Fleet Commander in Bahrain in the Middle East. But not only that, in your private life, after you separated from the Navy, you have uh, uh, established uh, yourself as a senior executive with experience in management, training, education, employment, and deployment of personnel. Um, Admiral Hall, tell us about um, your book and what can we learn from your experiences that are recounted in the book about leadership? Uh, Yes, Taylor. First of all, thank you for that kind introduction. A little bit long, a little bit over the top, exactly as I wrote it. So thank you very much. (laughs) To summarize, I'm Rear Admiral Gary Hall, world-famous helicopter pilot, adventurer, sportsman, and world traveler. I'm perhaps the finest helicopter pilot I know, Paul Sign Viper. (laughs) And I'll be your commanding officer during your tour here at this Top Gun podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, thank you. To, now, you mentioned the book, and it's kind of it's uh, leadership lessons throughout my career, throughout my life. And I also say it's a homage to my beautiful wife, Darlene. And there's stories of my transition from uh, sinner to on a path of being a saint and uh, my transition to the Catholic uh, faith. So it's navigating leadership, making a pact with excellence. And the pact stands for passion, accountability, commitment, traits and behaviors of a good leader. So, at, and as I used to teach uh, for Father Byrne at our, our parish on Capitol Hill, I would say, you know, at one point my priorities were Gary, 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 and Darlene would say, and Gary. And she asked me, and I was very successful in my Navy career. I'd forced myself to be successful, and uh, everybody wanted to fly with me, deploy with me, party with me, hang with me, go to happy hour with me. And my wife said, oh, that's all very well and good, but when are you going to start being an awesome father and an awesome husband? And that tough question made me rethink my life and make my transition fully into my Catholic faith and then after searching, introspection, exercises, a professional therapist, I've changed my priorities to faith, family, Navy. And at that point, my career took off like a skyrocket. 
Wow. Well, you mentioned Father Byrne, um, Admiral Gary Hall. You and I were both parishioners at uh, Father Byrne's parish when you, you and he were both here in Washington at St. Peter's on Capitol Hill. He's now the Bishop of uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, and he writes a forward in your book and recounts uh, the day that you showed up on his doorstep at the rectory volunteering to mow the grass or whatever else needed to be done. And it, uh, the day before, he'd asked the Lord to send him someone to help him with a project. And you wound up being assigned by him to head that project, which was to organize uh, Bible study groups. And well, I remember because I participated in it. Just one example of how you have used your leadership skills, not only in the Navy or in business, but also in the church. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Taylor. And uh, Bishop Byrne, uh, when we started that study group, I might bounce around here a little bit. A couple of the leaders we got together were drinking a, a cold beverage. And one of the gentlemen said, there's a pointy hat in the future of Father Byrne. And I told him that story. And sure enough, he's wearing that uh, pointy hat now. But yeah, I had just been laid off from an industry job uh, through restructuring. And I went to noon mass and I went to Father Riffle, our parochial vicar, and said, Father, I've got a lot of time on my hands. I need to occupy them. I'll do anything. I'll polish brass. I'll pull weeds. I'll buff the decks. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. And he said, I think, let me talk to the pastor, Father Byrne. He may have something else for you. So he told me, that I was an answer to his prayers, and in reality, uh, he was the answer to my prayers because he then became my spiritual advisor and changed my life. And uh, another forward uh, to your book written by uh, former uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Joe Dunford, and he talks about his experience with you as a leader. Uh, He describes you as a man of rock-solid character, exceptional operational competence, and a passion for taking care of people. Your sense of humor, he says, is accompanied by exemplary professionalism, and that throughout your Navy career, you earned the complete trust, admiration, and affection of those in your charge while leading from the front. Kind of unpack that uh, for, for well, me, uh, well, that's uh, amazing. That's amazing what you can get from a four-star general with only a twenty-dollar bill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I met uh, Joe and I went. Or general Dunford and I went through um, what we call capstone training for new admirals and generals um, when we were both selected as one stars, and you could just see that. Okay, Joe is um, a compassionate, a meticulous extremely intelligent leader, and we knew he was going to go um, places. I just felt lucky to be uh, in the same room with those folks. No, I've used, uh, you know, my my mother put the fun in dysfunction, and my father put the funk in dysfunction, and to survive my childhood, I used uh, humor, not jokes, but humor, humorous twists. And so in stressful situations, I've always used um, humor. And what I've found is that if you use humor in a professional life, you better be professional in all aspects. You have to work uh, twice as hard. So, yes, I loved my sailors and Marines, and I was extremely professional, but used a, a humorous twist. And I think that lightens the, the mood of any organization. And when I was aide to a three-star admiral, he said, Gary, you don't command 
helicopters. You don't command buildings. You don't command hangars. You command and lead people. And so people were my passion. And it costs nothing to be nice to a sailor or a Marine. It, it costs nothing to pay attention to them and their needs. And this goes to my Catholic faith. And uh, at one session with um, Bishop Byrne, I said, I don't want to be creepy Catholic guy, you know, that guy that, and he said, I know a bunch of those people, but I didn't, <laughs> you, you know, you don't want to be at a party and somebody don't go near him. He's going to sell you on Catholicism. And right. so what I learned is lead your life, react to situations, be professional and be a person that others look at you and go, what is it that he or she has? I want it. And then I, when they, when that comes up, I say, well, it's my Catholic faith. Well, it's like St. Francis is quoted as saying, go and preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Uh, abs- absolutely. I just absolutely love that. And it really um, brings it home. But now uh, with uh, Bishop Byrne, at one time during our um, spiritual direction, he had, I told him, I said, I'm world famous, Gary Hall world-famous helicopter pilot, God wants something great for me to do. And he said, I agree, and I can prove it. And I had a big smile on my face. I went, how are you going to prove that? And he said, you're still alive. (laughs) So if you're still alive, you can still do uh, great things. And he pointed to um, Pope uh, John Paul saying he's, even in, in dying, he showed us how to live, you know, and how to live as a, a man of faith. And so he also said, well, Gary, I believe you, but also let's, let's work on your humility. And so uh, he's, he printed out a prayer, folded it in half, smiled and chuckled and handed it to me. And he said, I want you to pray this a lot. And it's in my book. It's the litany of humility. And I'll tell you, if you've never read the litany of humility for our listeners, read that. And I'll tell you, it will be a punch when, you know, right in the chest at the very end when let others be uh, more faithful than me, but let me be as faithful as you want me to be. That's a paraphrase. But anyway, it's a very powerful prayer. And um, my wife occasionally has to point out, Gary, remember what Bishop Byrne said, be humble. So sometimes it's humble being me. I mean, it's hard to be humble. (laughs) It's hard to be (laughs) humble (laughs) being me. I'm talking to retired Rear Admiral Gary E. Hall, uh, and uh, we're discussing, um, Admiral Hall, your new book, Navigating Leadership, Making a Pact with Excellence, now available on Amazon. Let's talk a little bit more about the pact. Let's unpack unpack the pact, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think if... Go ahead. You you have a, uh, uh, in your book, a pact exercise. Tell us a little more about that. What, 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 tell us more about what is PACT and what is the PACT exercise? Well, it's, um, yeah, it, the PACT stands for passion, accountability, commitment, and traits and behaviors. And so basically the exercise is to, there's a couple of exercises in the book, but, you know, if you don't have passion, and passion isn't just, you know, I translate, I talk the story about meeting Darlene and instantaneously my eyeballs popped out of my head, my heart started pounding, and I fell in love with her immediately. 
she took a little bit extra time to fall uh, in love with me. But you have to have passion or a desire to lead. And you're le- anytime you're in any organization, you are a leader or can be a leader. And so if you don't have passion, you know, think about even uh, Archbishop Brolio. He's leading the, well, right now he's leading the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. He has a passion for that. And if you don't have a passion or a desire to get in front of a group, it's going to be a hard and difficult walk to the front of an organization. And then I, so in the exercise, I ask you to take a look, you know, what is your passion? What is your desire? And do you have it? If you don't have it, you better figure out how to get it. Then the next is accountability. You know, you got to be accountable to your people, accountable to your profession, and accountable to yourself. You know, accountability is also a responsibility. You know, you're responsible to know your organization, your profession, your job, and it's, you're responsible for your personal behavior. So accountability always remains with the person in charge and responsibility can be delegated. There are two sides of the same coin. And then the, the third, the C stands for commitment. You know, you've got to be committed. You know, when, you, when you're a priest and you're ordained, that first month of being called father, you know, how, how wonderful is that? When you take command of a squadron, how wonderful is it that first week to be called skipper? You know, but then things happen. Things get tough. You're a priest and you're dealing with death. You're a commanding officer. You're dealing with, uh, you know, readiness. And so it's commitment that keeps that passion, that flame going through difficult uh, times. You know, and I say commitment is like uh, breakfast at Denny's. You know, take your Grand Slam breakfast. You got scrambled eggs, hash browns, toast, and bacon. Well, the farmer produced the potatoes to make hash brown. He's involved. The chicken is involved. You know, she provided the eggs. Um, but in the baker is involved. He provided the bread for toast. But the pig, the pig is committed in providing that bacon. So you need to be the pig in your breakfast. So um, be committed. And then traits and behaviors, you know, people are watching you no matter what you're doing. And so what are your traits? What are your behaviors? And I think the one behavior that I discuss is uh, humility, you know, and humility doesn't show uh, weakness. But anyway, that's the pact. Passion, accountability, commitment, and traits and behaviors. And you mentioned the humility prayer. Um, Share with us some of the aspects, the the thoughts, the, the share with us some of that prayer. What are we asking the Lord for with the humility prayer? Well, uh, aside obviously from humility. Well, you know, it's um, for the desire to be admired. May others, you know, relieve, relieve me of that desire to be honored. Uh, the desire to be chosen. Jesus, relieve me from that desire to be chosen and that others may be chosen. And so it, it helps you think about your place, you know, um, the desire to be honored, let others be honored before you that, you know, that might be a difficult thing, but when you accept that, it really, um, grounds you and humbles you because the Lord is going to have you recognized the way you should be. You know, the old phrase, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. Well, how about, <laughs> you know, how about following his plan? And so, it's basically saying, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about being honored. Don't worry about being hired. You know, it, it's all in God's plan. It's all in God's hands. 
you know, pray that others be honored before you. Praise that others be selected before you. And, you know, basically that'll ground you and everything will happen and you'll be recognized. Let's talk about your career in the Navy. Um, give us the 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 brief. What uh, you twenty years? Uh, some of the highlights. Well, that was twenty years of the of at, at the executive level, but uh, thirty five years uh, total on active duty. And I started off as an enlisted uh, sailor with the desire to go to the Naval Academy, and I, the Secretary of Navy pointed me as well as another hundred. Uh, young men to go to the uh, prep school and then to the Naval Academy. And uh, I graduated with an engineering degree. And I saw a t-shirt recently that said, never underestimate an old man with an engineering degree. And I thought, <laughs> yes, that's me. You know, I got my degree with a slide rule. I'm on you people with internet, Google, and AI. So I went to flight school and uh, got selected for helicopters. You know, it's the needs of the Navy. Um, and your desire and your performance. And I got selected for helicopters and I graduated number one, went to uh, Hawaii squadron. And so I, I helped Taylor, I helped win the cold war. You're welcome. So I was a helicopter pilot off frigates and destroyers hunting Soviet submarines in the day. And, uh, in nine, in, when I was a Lieutenant commander, I was selected as the Navy's helicopter pilot of the year. And so that's, kind of at my height of egoness. And uh, anyway, I went on to command a squadron and start a squadron in Japan, went to sea as an air boss on an amphibious assault ship. People say, what is the air boss? I go, have you seen the movie Top Gun? He's the guy in the yellow jersey that says negative Maverick. The pattern is full. So <laughs> um, I, I did that and it. That was leading. That was deck take deck plate leadership to the max. I had 186 um, aviation bosun's mates that when you see a movie like Top Gun and see all the different rainbow color of shirts out there, the air boss is in charge of those. And so then I wound up commanding a, a ship and then after that selected for flag officer and uh, um, did all sorts of things. But I was blessed at every point, blessed that my wife, um, you know, life is choice. Love is choice. Happiness is a choice. And when I was deployed, neighbors would say, Darlene, how do you remain so happy? And she said, it's a choice. I'm a mother. I have three children. You know, I choose to be happy. So, and I also say to young people, love is a choice. You know, there's that chemical love at the beginning, you know, but eventually it gets down to this is where commitment takes over. It gets you through the, the rough times. You know, my wife wakes up, gets out of bed 15 minutes before me looks over at this big old retired admiral wearing a CPAP and goes, today, I choose to love him, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I had a, an awesome career, an operational career, and uh, I'm totally blessed. And, and definitely uh, the Lord has guided me. Wise words. You established the uh, first Seahawk helicopter squadron in Japan. When was that? And tell me a little bit about. Well, they, they finally, uh, there's ships out in uh, Japan that required, um, you know, the support of helicopters. And finally, instead of deploying helicopters from San Diego or Hawaii to Japan, they just said, well, let's set up a, a squadron there. And that was a very difficult process because you're now moving, you know, 200 people and their families to Japan. You know, you're operating in, uh, we were in World War 
two hangars at the time. Um, and so there were many challenges to become uh, ready. And so that's where, you know, leadership really comes into place and uh, um, identifying the right people to lead divisions and departments on the in the squadron. And anyway, in the book, I describe how to set uh, goals. And I hand wrote goals out for the squadron and we achieved them all. We were recognized as the best squadron in the Pacific um, after one year of operational um, performance. Very impressive. What years were those? Uh, that was uh, 91 through 93 when we set up the squadron in Atsugi, Japan. Atsugi. Uh, you know, we overlap again. Uh, I was living in Japan at that time in Tokyo uh, as a reporter. Back oh, in wow. The, back in another life. Uh, and even though you have, uh, when, when did you retire from the Navy? I hate to tell people that because it, it's quickly winding up in my wake here, but it was uh, 2010. And at that point I was commandant of the Eisenhower school at national defense university. I see. And, uh, but you have continued to be involved with the archdiocese for the military services. You uh, currently still serve as the chairman of the um, Archdiocesan Review Board, and you also did a stint as a, a member of the National Review Board of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops from 2016 to 20 to, to 2020. Uh, obviously, your faith is important to you. Now, tell me more about that. When did did you have a a, a big conversion in your life, or were you always a uh, a devout Catholic. Tell me more about your no, faith. No, I grew, I grew up in the um, Lutheran faith, was baptized and confirmed as a Lutheran. You know, I, when I graduated from the Naval Academy, I was never going to get married. And this young lady in Corpus Christi, Texas, was never going to date a Navy guy. And the two of us crossed paths, sparks uh, burst. And next thing I know, uh, we were married in the Catholic Church. And I got the dispensation for her to marry a Lutheran. So I was I was not a Catholic at the beginning of our marriage. But then I started attending um, Catholic Mass and going through the process, getting our children, you know, baptized in the Catholic faith, uh, First Communion, Confirmation. And so I said, I, I now say I was a Catholic, but I wasn't sacramentalized. I was practicing the faith, but I was not brought totally into the faith. And so when my mother died, um, she was very organized. A box came to me and it had all my baptism, all my confirmation things. And I had a Catholic chaplain. I was captain of the USS Tarawa. And I went up to the chaplain. I said, hey, chaplain, can you make me a Catholic? And he goes, we got 12 people that want to become Catholics. We'll do it on this deployment. So on deployment, I went through RCIA and uh, necessarily didn't, you know, grasp everything, you know, but the priest said, that's okay. And I was confirmed between the anchor chains on the USS Tarawa up in the forecastle, uh, and that would have been uh, in the year 2000. Isn't so, that interesting? I, I've been on the USS Tarawa, and uh, my father, who was a World War II correspondent in the Navy, back then you had to be in the Navy to be a war correspondent. He was a lieutenant, uh, more of an honorific. He was at Tarawa. And uh, the Battle of Tarawa in uh, the, in World War II, very bloody battle. Uh, 
that was the that was a turning point in the psychology of the United States because back then they had remember in theaters they had newsreels and after the Battle of Tarawa, seventy two hour bloody battle, it's the first time newsreels were in color and showed American servicemen floating face down in the water, dead. Yes, my my father saw that. He he waded ashore after the first waves. Uh, very interesting. Well, uh, what's fascinating about you, Admiral Hall, Admiral Gary E. Hall, is uh, that first you start as a Lutheran, became Catholic, and in the Navy you started as an enlisted man, and wound up going to the Naval Academy and became here uh, an admiral. What a journey! Wow. As I say, from restriction to rear admiral, it could happen. You know, if it, <laughs> if, if it happened to me. And so, yeah, I was put on restriction I, um, at a surprise inspection one morning at the Naval Academy Prep School. We had a Marine major do morning inspection. He goes, Hall, you didn't shave. So he put he put me on report. And on the back of the report shit, you could write a rebuttal. <laughs> and I wrote, I shaved this morning. But by the time I got done with my legs, my blade was too dull for my face. <laughs> now, now, how does that so, go over with the brass? That that does not go. That does not go, go over. That just leads to uh, restriction. But it, it, you know, I now have buddies from back in those days that remember things like that, and they said, "Oh, we knew you were going to be an admiral," and I. I throw the BS flag and go, yeah, it's easy to have 2020 hindsight uh, now. But um, I always had fun in the Navy. Before I joined the Navy, a Marine, an old Marine said, Gary, if they tell you to put your head in a bucket of water, put your head in a bucket of water because they're not going to let you drown. And so I took everything with a grain of salt and I had fun through all the processes, through the fun things, through the difficult things. Um, and I was I was blessed. And so... Again, blessed with a wonderful woman who supported me, blessed with a family that uh, loved me unconditionally. And my wife pointed out, even when you weren't lovable, my father-in-law taught me um, how to love unconditionally. He taught me how to love my grandchildren with enthusiasm. And so I've been extremely blessed man, and I thank God every single day for that and at every every Mass I get down on my knees because Father Burns said at the end of Mass, you should get down on your knees and thank God for all you have. And I say thank you, Lord, for Darlene. Through her, all my blessings flow. Amen. How long have you been working on Navigating Leadership, your new book that's available on Amazon? Um, well, I for years, because my wife would say, where's your book? Everybody's writing books. Where's your book? And I I gave a speech on leadership for uh, decades. It always had um, great uh, response to it. And then I met some people on a podcast and they said, where's your book, Admiral Hall? And I said, it's it's up here in my head or it's in my pen and I just have to squeeze it out. And they said, well, we're publishers and editors. We're going to get you to write that book. So I created an outline. They helped me with that. And then it took about four months to write and two months to edit and uh, format. So it's about a six-month journey, but it's based on, you know, 40 years of uh, leadership. Yeah, I was going to say a lifetime, really, of intelligence flowing into this one volume. Right. What do you What do you hope people will get from this book after they read it? Well, that one, to 
not doubt themselves that you can flunk third grade, you can make mistakes, and you can overcome all these things and become uh, great and, you know, set goals and achieve them and that never write anybody out. And there's lessons in here to, you know, do some self-introspection, how to set some goals and some uh, fun stories to show you that if I can do it, you can do it. And not everybody's going to be an admiral, but, you know, everybody can be successful in their family's eyes and in the Lord's eyes. And uh, so I think um, it will tell a, a humble journey, a conversion of faith, and the importance of faith, humility, and a good supporting team uh, to succeed. And in the last minute or two we have left, how important is faith to becoming a good leader? Well, I think um, faith grounds you. Faith, uh, you know, when things get tough, you know, if you have faith, you can settle yourself and you can concentrate and solve the problems that you uh, face. And I'll tell you, in a, you know, people have replaced uh, God with drugs, alcohol, smoking, sex, addiction, pornography, and they haven't gotten any happier. Bring God into your life and you'll be happy because it is the most uh, wonderful thing. And It'll make for a better marriage, and the soon. And I meet young officers that have full faith now, and I'm going, "Gosh, I wish I was that when I was 22. I wish I had that faith." Well, a, a chaplain said, "You get it when you get it," and I'm thankful that I got it. I've seen the same thing in some of the young men who are coming up through the co-sponsored seminarian program to become chaplains. Uh, it's a sight to behold, and yes, it's, it's it's enviable to see someone as young as these men are in their 20s, and they already have this strong sense of faith. You've been listening to Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services, and we've been talking to retired Rear Admiral Gary E. Hall about his new book, Navigating Leadership, Making a Pact with Excellence, published by MediaCasters Publishing House. You can find this book on Amazon. Admiral Hall, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you, Taylor. It's been an honor.